0: You're listening to the Peacock and
1: Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Monday edition, breaking down everything we saw Sunday, week 13, some crazy finishes, uh, some bad teams finding ways to lose, some good teams finding ways to to win we've got it all covered for you today we might take a quick peek at the monday night football games but as the steelers and niners are playing you'll be glad because a lot of people call us homers we're not gonna spend too much time on those games we'll (laughs) we'll cover them tomorrow and go over what we saw with the uh, the double header on monday night football this season will be different and pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch football this season because pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the league of football watchers these passionate fans are the real generational talent that pepsi fuels Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me, the scout, Matt Williamson. A must follow at Williamson NFL. Let's get started with a couple of games that were uh, on our picks, Matt. And uh, I will actually want to go to coach of the year candidates. Yay right. or nay? I'm going to start with this one. Coach of the year candidate. I'm going to skip over head coaches and go straight to defensive coordinator, Greg Williams solidifying that number <laughs> one overall pick in the NFL draft. What was he doing? Uh, the Raiders did not cover those eight and a half points uh, that was part of our picks, uh, but the Raiders did win in dramatic fashion with about five seconds left on the clock. Derek Carr hitting Henry Ruggs, 31 28 Raiders over the now. o and 12 jets.
1: Maybe the biggest takeaway from yesterday was, Jets and Jags almost won and almost rocked every mock draft out there and the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes and all that. And frankly, I'm not so sure the Jets weren't the better team. I mean, very conventional, not, I mean, zone runs, just gashing the Raiders. And this has been a bad look for Vegas now, two years in a row, two weeks in a row. They got killed by Atlanta. They were lucky to get away lucky is not the right word but they were fortunate to get away with a win against the worst team in the league greg williams gets fired today i don't know if you saw that that just came out like uh, 10 minutes before we started hitting record here and uh, we've kind of made fun of him over the years i mean oh, he's the worst. goes on to, uh, uh hard knocks i could had seven jobs and i took this one and that quote it, is it,
0: insane he said yeah, yeah he had 11 written interview requests for, and not only that this is for head coaching jobs. Four of those jobs he didn't even have to interview for. Just come in and sign the contract. He ended up not getting a yeah, single sure. head coaching job that offseason. But that's what he said. Like, I, I don't know how he keeps getting jobs. He's the biggest fraud in the NFL. I've gone in on him so many times ever since Bounty Gate. He's an awful coach. Uh, his defense right now for the Jets has uh, Warren Sharp went off on him and had a bunch of stats here. And I was just looking at this thread. Uh, and so it's definitely worth a look at Warren Sharp's uh, Twitter account today because he's going off on Greg Williams too, and I'm enjoying every second of it. Um, 11 roughing the passer penalties for the Jets' defense this year. No other team in the NFL has more than five.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's Bounty Gate stuff. I mean, it's yeah. 70s football, and he gets exposed everywhere he goes. Doesn't exactly seem like the most likable fella to begin with. But real quick, I think a lot of people thought, well, that's what that's a good move for the Jets to tank to they they, they win both ways because yep. they played well and they got the loss which they really is more important and then the result is true yes that that is the way it went but Greg Williams well needless to say now, let alone this coaching staff, they're not going to coach Trevor Lawrence no matter what. It doesn't do them any good to lose. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, there's no way convincing because everybody knows they were going to get fired. And I think it was genius by Joe Douglas to not fire them earlier in the season because we've seen teams that fire their coaches win some games. And so, sure. um, you know, I, I think it's smart just to roll with them and, and keep losing. And you're, you're tanking without tanking because you're purposely not making your team better right now and changing coaches just to see if you can get anything to happen but after this game you kind of had to and i think that was greg williams in, in a way and by the way the play before the rugs play he did the same thing zero blitz there was a guy wide yeah. open in the end zone car missed him over the top threw it out of the end zone then they ran it again in the next play and then they hit uh rugs on the left side it's just it's just amazing it's it's ineptitude it and um there's no way you can keep Hubris. your job after that i mean yeah it,
1: thinking you're better than everybody else i mean right. it's uh, he would be my last hire
0: I, he can't get another job in the NFL. He probably will, but there's no way he should be uh, w- with the way he's coaching. And this might be his second. I mean, it's his second team with zero wins. He was he was uh, the coach of the 0 <laughs> right, 16 right. Browns, right? So this isn't the first time he's had a an 0 for team in the NFL either.
1: But he wasn't the linebacker coach; he was a coordinator. You know, yeah.
0: absolutely. Okay, so uh, that one was that. But uh, w- when it comes to the team that's actually in the playoff hunt here, and it was a big win for. The, the Las Vegas Raiders, but maybe exposed a, a few more warts, even though they got the W are now seven and five, they're still the eight seed behind a bunch of teams um, that have eight wins in the AFC, including the Colts, Dolphins, Titans, Buffalo Bills, who might get their ninth win on Monday night football. We'll see how that game goes, but uh, the Raiders, you know, it was a huge win for them, but I don't know if it looked great on their resume, almost losing to the oh. Jets and probably should have lost to the Jets.
1: No, I mean, Darren Waller was amazing. I just want to throw that out there. 200 yards receiving and was an unstoppable force. I don't have a lot of worries about the Raiders' offense. It's the defense. It's just lacking talent. Just got gouged on the ground over and over. And I want to throw Sam Darnold a little bone, too. I think he played a little better. So it's just recognizing those things. But, yeah, I, I don't think the Raiders are in a good place.
0: Similarly, let's move on to a game where... In the NFC playoff picture, a team that right now is tied for the 7th seed and a win for the Vikings that were able to beat the Jaguars 27-24 in overtime. But again, when you're looking at, if this was college football and you're looking at power index and, and power rankings and trying to figure out which teams should go to the bowl, I don't know if this really helped the Vikings as far as resume because they almost lost to the Jaguars it took a Mike Glennon interception in overtime for the Vikings to uh, overcome that Jaguars team and win 27 to 24 in OT. And it helps them with uh, with seeding for right now. But it wasn't really a game that filled me with confidence in the Vikings being there in the end when we're talking about the NFC playoff picture.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. But They've won five of their last six, and now they're at 500. I mean, like, those are the facts, and that's all that matters in the NFL. But I think we – it's easy to brush off Jacksonville and the Jets and some of these bad teams. But Mike Lennon's an NFL quarterback. I mean, they turned the ball over four times in this game, and we're still in it down to the wire. And, you know, I I wrote this in my, my Power Ranks column. Last week's Jacksonville lost by two points to the Browns and were blown out by Pittsburgh the week before that. But before that, the Jags lost by four points to the Packers and two by two points to Houston. You know, you, you couple that with yesterday's game—that's progress. I mean, those last five games have all been close, except for the Steeler game. I mean, they're playing some good teams, pretty strong. All of a sudden.
0: Yep, and it's ultimate scoreboard for them. They're they're winning games and they're they got themselves back into the playoff picture. Uh, unlike another team that was in that hunt and they were, they were very much in the playoff picture to start the season and now just going in the wrong direction and this is one of the picks we got right was uh, taking the the lions in some points to beat the bears the lions and bears both now five and seven and uh, really the bears doing the exact opposite right now as far as wins and losses than the minnesota vikings and uh, i i can't see them coming back from it either
1: no I think i think it's a bad spot i mean the, the Daryl Bevel bump, I think, is, you know, something that's real. We talked about that on Thursday. Put the ball in Matthew Stafford's hands and got good results. Um, I, I bet the morale in Chicago is just so bad. And, I mean, they've lost six in a row. Their, I don't want say their defense looks shot, but it's wearing down quickly. I mean, it, it, it's been asked to do too much in you know, the first week of December.
0: Have we been too harsh on David Montgomery, who actually might be a pretty good yes. running back in a bad situation?
1: Yes. I mean, he's never going to be Jim Brown. I mean, he's not a special trait guy, but he can handle the workload. He's got really good contact balance, runs hard, offers something in the uh, passing game. It's a couple of games in a row now that he's put up numbers. I've often said I thought their offensive line was amongst the worst in the league. You know, they, they fixed that and get Tariq Cohen back, you know, like, I wouldn't be worried about running. They have a bigger fish to fry in the offseason than running back. Let's just put it that way.
0: I totally agree, as does probably 32 teams in the NFL when it comes to that position. Uh, We've got some more teams that are most likely going to be playoff teams that we need to talk about here. Some other games, some uh, good picks by us, and some bad picks by us coming up on Peacock and Williamson. But first, I'd like to tell the folks out there about DoorDash. One of the industries that's being hit really hard right now during this pandemic is the restaurant biz. And it's something that's very close to my heart. I've worked in the restaurant business for uh, many years and some of that as a delivery driver. In fact, bartender, uh, you name it, I've done just about every job there is to do at bars and restaurants. And it's rough to not be able to go out to bars and restaurants as much or at all so you can continue to support restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is super easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat, and food will be left safely on your doorstep. New contactless delivery drop-off setting as well on the DoorDash app. Over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. The best part is right now our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDON. Again, that's code LOCKEDON, $5 off and zero delivery Fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDON for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Ooh, Here's one that was close, but it went exactly as we said it would go, Matt. Gave up a lot of points to pick the Dolphins over the Bengals, and they did cover by 12 points here. And this is what we said. is like, look, the the Dolphins don't have to be powerhouse and score a bunch of points. They could score, say, 19 points on offense and still beat the Bengals, who might only score seven points, which is exactly what happened. 1917 (laughs) Dolphins beating the Bengals. Don't look now. Eight and four Dolphins. They're not only just trying to sneak into the playoffs. They're flexing like, let's go. What's our seed going to be?
1: Yeah. I mean, this one started slow, and I was sitting there thinking – man, maybe they should have started fits. And, you know, Tyler Boyd got free for a long touchdown. Yeah. And I'm like, boy, they're hanging around. But in the end, that's the only thing the Bengals offense did all day. I mean, they had 40 yards rushing in this game. And no mix in, no burrow. I mean, it's very predictable of where the Bengals are. They switched quarterbacks. I mean, fine. What's the difference? But, I mean, Miami, not only eight and four, they're seven and one in their last eight, and Mike Gasecki stepped up well. I thought Tua played pretty well as the game went on, and Miami's just hard to play against. Good coach, you know. you talk about coach of the year, guys? He's in it. Yep.
0: Oh, absolutely, he's in it. In fact, he would probably get my vote right now. Um, maybe there's another coach I want to talk about next that's in that conversation and making there's his a couple his of them name mentioned. Yeah, there's some absolutely some good coaches out there that are that are going to be deserving, but. I mean, if the Dolphins go win the East, which they would be tied for first place in the East, if the Bills lose on Monday night football, fantastic job there. But some disciplinary action probably coming his way as well. Jumping out to midfield, uh, very heated. This game got uh, got a little bit chippy at times, too. So we'll find out if there are some penalties handed down. I haven't seen any yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. But Miami's rolling. They're hard to play against.
0: Absolutely. How about this for a Coach of the Year candidate? We talked a little bit about it, I think, on our Stock Up Stock Down this week's Kevin Stefanski's. Cleveland Browns, who uh, jumped out to a crazy big lead of 38 to seven at halftime. And uh, the Titans did make their way back in this one, ended up being 41, 35 Browns at nine and three now over the eight and four Titans.
1: Yeah. And another one, they've won four in a row. They're nine and three, as you mentioned. I think Stefanski's absolutely in the coach of the year conversation. Um And you would think that Chubb and Hunt combined for 300 yards in the way this game went, but it was Mayfield. Mayfield was the star of the Mm -hmm. show. I've been really hard on him. I just wanted to recognize, you know, that he played extremely well, looked very, very comfortable. And I'm not dismissing this from Mayfield at all, but that Titans D is not good. I mean, it just flat out is not good. And I I know it was garbage time, but Tannehill and Brown and especially Davis came back to – Make this somewhat interesting, and that Brown secondary worries me, but this is a nice win by Cleveland.
0: You nailed it there with Baker Mayfield, 334 passing yards, four touchdowns, over 10 yards per attempt. Like He was slinging it all over the place, and it's not Odell Beckham over there anymore. You know, Jarvis Landry did have eight catches and a touchdown in his usual 7.8 yards per catch, but then it was big (laughs) plays to Donovan Peoples-Jones, who had a 75-yarder, and Rashard Higgins had a 35-yarder, and uh, even Chubb got loose on a 26-yard reception, Austin Hooper getting involved. So uh, a lot of deep throws, a lot of big plays there. So we do have to tip our cap to Baker Mayfield for playing a really good game and we've been somewhat harsh on him uh, this season and then on the other side Corey Davis the free agent to be making himself some money AJ Brown goes down with sure. uh, an injury and Corey Davis proven that he can be the guy and so um, they didn't pick up his fifth year option he's going to be a free agent and you know this offseason might be strange in a normal offseason I think he might get hugely paid
1: yeah I mean I think Davis will be highly sought after Early pick from a tiny, I mean, not a tiny school, a small school. It took him a little longer than people probably would have liked, but the talent's obvious. I don't know that he'll ever be Batman. I mean, AJ Brown is Batman, but he's going to be a really, really strong Robin, no matter where he goes. He's going to make a good buck. And uh, the Browns at nine and three, they're going to the playoffs, folks. I mean, yep. they have the they have the Ravens, and then they play both New York teams, which might not be as easy as you thought. And then they got the Steelers in week 17, which maybe the Steelers are resting starters. I mean, so Cleveland's going to win one, two, three more. They're going to end up with double-digit wins in the playoffs.
0: Cleveland, they're, yeah, they're about to punch that ticket. They are going yeah. to be a playoff team. So um, no longer the bottom feeders in the NFL. They got some things right there in Cleveland finally. It took took quite a while. You mentioned those teams in New York. We talked about the Jets already. How about the New York Giants knocking off those Seahawks? 17-12, the Giants with 0 First half points, 17 second half points. The Colt McCoy-led Giants came back to win this one against the Seahawks and now have a commanding lead with five wins in the NFC East. The Seahawks at 8-4 and four were overtaken for first place by uh, the game we'll talk about next, those Los Angeles Rams. Both those teams at 8-4 and four, Rams now have the tiebreaker over the Seahawks.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got another one. Give Joe. I'm not saying Joe Judge should be coach of the year. But think about the situation he took over without a preseason and all the stuff he had to deal with and a young team and then loses Saquon Barkley in week one. Like, this team is starting to take on Joe Judge's tough guy, Patriots persona, and just took a little longer. I mean, the first month of the year, we probably shouldn't have expected anything from the Giants. They also played a brutal schedule early on. I mean, this game was 5 nothing at the half, and I think Seattle's pass defense is getting better. But the Giants ran all over these guys. They were the more physical team. I thought the Giants' defense was the best unit on the field and is a very real group. I mean, Leonard Williams is having a heck of a year. Those big guys in the middle and, um, you know, the Bradbury on DK Metcalf and Daniel Jones comes back. I mean, I think this team's pretty decent.
0: Yeah, Joe Judge bringing over the Patriot way, and he took some heat, especially, I mean, even right when he was hired, it was like, okay, wait a second. I've never even been a coordinator in the NFL, special teams yeah. coach, which we've seen work to some success in some places, uh, John Harbaugh being one of those. And then during the off season, he was like making coaches and players run laps, you know, very high school footballish. And people are like, what is going on here? This isn't going to work, is it? And, you know, maybe he's maybe it was a long term thing and, and has instilled something in his team. And, and they're definitely playing good ball at this point in the season and have a chance to be a playoff team, even though they're probably not quite at that level just because of the division they're in. But Joe Judge, you know, he's taking some heat. So got to give credit where it's due now and beating one of the better teams in the NFC.
1: Yeah, I mean they were 1 in 7 and everyone was just kind of laughing about the NFC East and this guy's a goof, but uh, give him give him a preseason, give him a real offseason to install what he's doing there and they've won 4 in a row.
0: And he's won with Jones and he's won with Colt McCoy now. So,
1: yeah, interesting. Right. I don't think they'll be in the quarterback market. Ah. Uh. I mean, it would I, have to a lot The planets would have to align perfectly.
0: Right. And the more you win, the less likely that you're going to be there for a top guy anyway, which makes the point moot. I don't know if they if if they were drafting, say, top five. I think they should consider it.
1: Yes, but they I don't think though.
0: they will. Yeah. And I don't think they will now, especially if they're you know picking in the teens or picking later because they make the playoffs. Um, let's go to that first place team now in the NFC West. Eight and four Rams beating. Cardinals who fall to six and six. And there is a real conversation now in a battle at the bottom of the uh, the playoff picture there in the NFC for that wild card spot. The Niners could tie the cards and the Vikings with a win tonight as well. So things tightening up there in that playoff picture where it looked pretty clear a few weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, I moved Arizona all the way down to 20 in my power ranks. I mean, they had the ball for like 21 minutes, had no running game. 3.7 yards per play. I mean, under four is really, really bad. Kyler Murray only ran for 15 yards. And and if it wasn't for that Hale-Murray play, they'd be on a five-game losing streak. So
0: yeah,
1: I know that, I mean, a win's a win, but that's as close a game as you can get. I mean, they're not playing well right now. And I look at the Rams, and they're a tough one for me because on their best day, I think they could beat the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Saints, anybody. And But then once in a while, they kind of lay an egg. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought Cam Akers kind of took over this, this job a little bit. Goff played well. The defense is really hard to play against. And in terms of being good on both sides of the ball, the Rams are one of the best teams in that regard. They're top five on both sides of the ball.
0: My fantasy football team is happy that finally I get to deploy Cam Akers normally. And it was nice to see him. And it's so clear that he's the best running back on the team get yes. those carries. 21 carries in this game for 72 yards. He had some really big runs early. It sort of uh dwindled as far as yards per carry toward the end of the game, a touchdown, and uh, he's the guy. And he was always going to be the guy. He just took a little bit of time, had some injuries, and the other running backs were playing well. And uh but he's back at the top of the heap as he should be, and I think we're going to see the same thing from, you know, Swift and Dobbins and and, and all the rookie running backs finally taking over those roles. And it took a while for Cam Akers, but now I get to finally play him in my fantasy teams. Could have used him last week. or I mean, I didn't play him yesterday, and I wish I would have now, but it, it was hard to know if he was going to be the guy. Now he's the guy.
1: Yeah, it's a good point because I think Swift has established himself as that, and some injuries have derailed him lately. Taylor was in the process, and he's not quite 100%. I think Dobbins tomorrow will show that he is that guy. And Akers, I think, is too. Although Henderson's not quite going away, but I think Brown is. And I'll take Akers in the middle of the second round of next year's fantasy draft. Like, I think that's what the kind of stock he'll be Mm -hmm. going into the fantasy world next year.
0: Yeah. And he didn't put up such season long numbers that he won't go as high as maybe he should. So he might still be Mm -hmm. a really solid buy next year for fantasy football drafters. Okay. More of the Sunday schedule coming up. We've got Saints, Falcons, and some other big games next. Peacock and Williamson. Do you want a guilt-free snack? Do you want a snack that is high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories? A protein bar that tastes like a candy bar will look no further than Built Bar. And we've got a special offer for you. 20% off your first order from Built Bar with promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. And they have six new flavors to go with it. They've got Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, which is a takeoff of the ice cream flavor, but in bar form, Cherry Barcia, get it? Uh, lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp to go with their 12 original flavors. My favorites are Peanut Butter and Salted Caramel is pretty good too. I like anything pretty much Salted Caramel and Mint Brownie. Uh, they are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, even good For a keto diet, feel good about yourself. Have a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Great for the health-conscious folks out there that can help your diet lose, maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat that is high in protein. Go to builtbar.com. Promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. A pat on the back for us, Matt, as we did not buy the Atlanta Falcons heat coming into this game against the New Orleans Saints. This line smelled funny to us. We made the right call picking the Saints here. They did win this one, 21-16. Saints now uh, the one seed in the NFC at 10-2 and in the Falcons. Uh, back to being that team where you're head scratching, figuring out what to do next year at 4-8. and eight.
1: Yeah, and Atlanta has, they need a running back in a running game bad. You know, Matt Ryan's a very good player. But boy, if he could lean on some semblance of a running game with consistency, that offense, I think, would be complete. I think Atlanta's D's fine. And, and I, I think that they can they can hang with just about anyone, but they're not on the, the Saints' tier, that's for sure. I've been very critical of Taysom Hill, and I don't take that back by any means. But I will say he threw the ball a little better in this game. I mean, he it was a better performance than I've seen him yet as a starter. Um, one thing I thought of coming away was obviously the Saints D is a big time D and, and that's why they're winning, in my opinion. And hey, they won nine in a row. Um, but Michael Thomas now looks like Michael Thomas. So I'm, I'm saying that for week 14 or whenever Breeze comes back that I think his top gun will be ready to be 100 yards every week type of guy.
0: And congratulations to Taysom Hill on his first touchdown pass. A couple of touchdown passes in this (laughs) game look like a a real quarterback somewhat. So I think that was huge for the Saints. And getting Alvin Kamara more involved was super important. So that was very nice to see him get some points. And for those fantasy footballers out there. And yeah, you mentioned Michael Thomas, 9 for 105. So now it starts to look like a Saints offense. And with the talent they have on the entire team and on defense, uh, they can stay afloat as they already have with Taysom Hill. You get Drew Brees back maybe even rested and has a little bit of extra uh, jump in his arm for the playoffs. Uh, That's that's a really good sign for New Orleans. And they were my preseason pick and feeling really good about that now after they've rattled off nine straight.
1: And Sean Payton's not quite in my coach of the year conversation, but just wanted to recognize him. I mean, that's two years in a row. You lose your Hall of Fame quarterback and don't miss a beat. You know, I mean, you're still... Uh, beating good teams, you know, most teams don't pull that off. That's not as easy as it looks, even though Teddy Bridgewater is a pretty big name and Taysom Hill creates problems. It, still, when you lose your, your top guy, usually you lose.
0: That is not easy. Absolutely. He, he, yeah. he for sure deserves it. And almost, you, you almost don't give him enough credit because you think the team's too good coming into the season. So he doesn't get credit right. for the 10 and two season he's putting together, but uh, Peyton deserves to be up there. Maybe even at the top. And, and Andy Reed, I think is in the same category, right?
1: Yeah, um, I would go Peyton over Reed. You want to talk about that game real quick? Yeah, Denver Casey.
0: Yeah, we might as well get into that. And uh, Broncos made this a game, man. it, it took sure uh, it took some doing for the Chiefs to come back and win this football game. And it was uh, 22-16, the final. The Chiefs did win eleven and one. Now are the Chiefs the Broncos fighting hard? Love seeing that from Vic Fangio's crew there in Denver, but they do fall to four and eight with the loss.
1: Yeah, and the Chiefs are still the best team in the league. I'm not cutting on the Chiefs or Andy Reid, not at all. They're just so hard to keep down for 60 minutes. Like, the Super Bowl was a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Their playoff run, when they get down 20 or whatever, it doesn't matter. I mean, the end of the game just belongs to this team. And, wow, is that something that's amazing. And I thought there was three instances where Tyreek Hill almost scored a long one. And one of them he did, he did. and nobody realized it until <laughs> it was too late. That was crazy.
0: Uh, that was a Madden um, glitch. I've never seen anything like that where actually the yeah. receiver, because receivers think they catch everything, DBs think everything's incomplete, and you don't even know you, you caught a touchdown yourself. That's, that's a new one.
1: Right. And it would have been one of the plays of the game. I mean, plays of the year. It was an awesome play, and no one realized it was a touchdown. They punted, and then, you know, Collinsworth or whoever's like, I think they caught that. You know, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> um, before that, you know, early in the game, Mahomes missed them wide open, deep. Late in the game, he was standing on the one-inch line about the cartwheel or backflip into the end zone. That came back from a penalty. So there were three huge plays left on the field. But I, I, I don't mean that to cut on Denver at all. But, I mean, that's just who this Kansas City offense is. And Kelsey was amazing, as always. But I was really impressed with Denver's game plan in that they didn't respect the Chiefs' running game at all. Light box after light box. And I don't even think they would have mattered if Edward Solaire played because I don't think he's a difference maker. I hate to burst people's bubble with him. But uh, this is what the Chiefs are going to see. And Denver was really, really good in the red zone, held them to, what, four straight field goals down tight. And they were in it. But uh, Mike Lombardi quotes this a lot, that you know, that there aren't many 60-minute teams out there. You know, that you can – you can go eight rounds with the chiefs, but you can't go 12. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like Denver played well for a stretch and Locke showed some things too, but it's hard to go 60 minutes with this team.
0: And late in the game, you have a fourth down and and manageable distance, you know, three or less. You almost have to go for it because you need those points. You need to keep the ball because you know, if you give the ball back to Kansas city, they're at least going to go back down the field and kick a field goal or score a touchdown. Then you've got to march back down the field anyway. So why not go yeah. for it? Because you know the Chiefs are, Ch- are going to march at that point. you know. And, and I think it's a great point that they're absolutely a 60-minute team. And, and they've done it multiple times. So many times, that it's almost like old hat. And that's what I was talking about with Andy Reid. He's not going to get credit for the job that the Chiefs are doing. Just like Sean Payton, they're not going to win Coach of the Year because you, you get to the point where you're expecting it. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's pretty unfair even at some points. Uh, I want to talk really quick about the Broncos and not so much focus on Drew Locke who's been pretty mediocre game after game this year, the more we watch, but two fascinating developments with their wide receiver group without Cortland Sutton. One is where's Jerry Judy? How come that has not gotten off the ground? I don't understand what's happening there. Cause I see him open a lot. Uh, he's fallen down sometimes like trying to overrun his routes and maybe make guys look bad. You know, this isn't seven on seven, go run your route, get open, make the catch. But Tim Patrick is actually the guy who's flourishing in the passing game right now, and he can play. This guy's legit. I, I, I like what I'm seeing from Tim Patrick.
1: Yeah, he's good. He's a nice find. He has stepped up. I don't think Judy's healthy. I, I think the last three weeks, he has been really battling something. He doesn't look the same to me on the field. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, mostly because I really like him. But think about Denver this I mean, Denver's trending the right direction, and I know teams have injuries, but what if they had Cortland Sutton and Vaughn Miller? You know, like, that would be useful.
0: That would be pretty darn useful. That would be massive for that team.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, they've had them, they've been gone all year. So I think they're trending the right direction. I would maybe look for another quarterback, but I wouldn't consider a coaching change. And I I would keep the trains on the tracks, I think, at this point.
0: A couple more games to get to here from Sunday, Matt. Let's go to Green Bay, where the Packers beat the Eagles 30-16. I didn't really have any huge takeaways in this game, except for we finally did get to see a new quarterback in Philadelphia and we'd kind of talked about like, how have you not gotten Jalen hurts on the field more? And he did get on the field in this game gave him a little spark. Wasn't amazing. Overall looked about the same. Actually, when you look at their numbers more in depth uh, with Jalen hurts and Carson Wentz, but uh, I almost, because we talked about, why don't we see more of Jalen hurts? Then we saw more of Jalen hurts. And then I realized, Oh yeah, this is why you don't want to do that. If you're you're the Eagles, because as soon as you play him, now there's a quarterback controversy. And now it's Mm -hmm. like, Hurts or Wentz. Hurts or Wentz. And that's not going to end for the rest of the year and probably into next year.
1: No, it's a mess. And I really think the offense is broken. Um, People that just kind of box score scout will say, but look, I mean, they came back and made a game. Well, Jalen Rager returned a punt for a touchdown. Jalen Hurts had nothing to do with that. Um, But Wentz only had 79 yards passing when he left the game halfway through the third quarter. And Hurts came in and looked fine, but he, I mean, I don't think if he would have started the game, they still lose. I mean, Uh, uh, My biggest takeaway from that game are the Eagles offense is totally broken. I would consider a coaching change there. And the Aaron Rodgers-Devontae Adams connection is ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, the synergy they have and the control that Rodgers has, wow.
0: And the way that Adams can just go get everything and make catches and very, you know, him and probably... Uh, I would say it's got to be Hopkins and Adams at the very top is just pure ball skills. Like they're going to catch yes. the
1: ball when it's in the air. Yeah, I agree. Mahomes and Tyreek or Adams and Rogers. Woo. Anybody else in the competition? Yeah, that's tough. Wilson Ooh. and Metcalf.
0: I mean, breeze and Michael Thomas, but it's very different with those two. Right. I would, I would take Rogers. I think breeze hurts and-
1: that conversation now. though. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. All things no, you're right.
0: Um, Man, I, I would go Rodgers-Adams, I think.
1: I think so, too. Yeah. Tyreek's been pretty productive
0: lately. Oh, though. man. That's, I mean, it's hard to go against that. <laughs> that's, that's scary yeah. because that's quick strike. You know, that's just a different, yeah. that's a completely different beast. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's it. I think that's the two. If you're talking quarterback to one wide receiver, yeah.
1: Yeah. Pretty that's about as good go as it right? gets. I mean, they might be the two best quarterbacks and the two best wide receivers in the league. <laughs> and yep. Rodgers is playing as well as Mahomes. I hesitate to say this, but I think Rodgers might be playing better than any quarterback in the league right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. With the Better way, than Wilson lately, yeah, R- Wilson's done. It's crazy. He's like, okay, this is your award, and nope, not anymore. Sorry, uh, too much cooking. Like you burned down the kitchen. I don't know what happened there, uh, but letting Russ cook all of a sudden stopped working, and he's not even in the conversation anymore. I mean, he's in the conversation. It, he's he can't he's win great, that award, anymore. of course. But yeah, right. he's awesome. He's an awesome quarterback. But but he's not the MVP as,
1: this year, right?
0: It's it's Mahomes and Rodgers. Like that's the conversation, yeah, right? I agree. Yeah, I agree. And the Probably Packers awesome. doing what we expected and beating the Eagles there, thirty 16 Let's move on to this game, which was a blowout of the Patriots over the Chargers, 45-0, Matt. Is this the end? Was this the, the exclamation that needed to happen for Anthony Lynn's job to really be hot, like hot, hot, like maybe it's over?
1: It sure should be. I mean, to me, this is, is glaring an example and we called it. I mean, I got several tweets during this game. Williamson, hidden yards. Patriots yep. know how to win. Chargers don't. Good call. I made money off you. Thanks. You know, this was an easy bet. You know, this should never be a pick game. And I made money on it, too. I mean, just, truly, just purely trusting one coaching staff so much more than the other. I almost feel like it's one verse 32 in that regard if I'm ranking the, the coaches right now. And I put this tweet out there and... It made me think, and I didn't know we were going to talk coach of the year. I think Belichick should be the coach of the year conversation too. And, and this is why, because this is the tweet I sent out, that if you gave Belichick the Chargers roster, I think they'd be a one-loss team, or in that conversation. They'd be right there with the Steelers and the Chiefs as the best team in the AFC. If you gave Anthony Lynn the Patriots roster, they'd be fighting the Jets and the Jags for a Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes.
0: Yeah, it's hard to argue with that, especially when you see the way this went down. And this is exactly I mean, we didn't project 45 nothing, but we thought, yeah, no way. This is easy money. You got to go to the Patriots side with with this game. And the Pats finding ways to win and the Chargers finding ways to lose. And it's exactly how that game worked its way out. And just the the fact that throwing a goose egg up there, too, against a team that's that does. The Patriots don't have a ton of talent either. And there's a lot of no name guys out there. It's one of the least
1: talented teams in the league. So, uh, it really is in my opinion. Like the, other, the Chargers have way better players than the Patriots, right? I'm, what what if they had Bosa? I mean, do you know what they could do for Keenan Allen or Bosa? Oh man, what would let alone some of the other guys?
0: What would the run look like if you gave Bill Belichick just Herbert and let him go with that for the next decade?
1: Right. By right. the way, give Herbert, him Mike Williams. Give him Hunter Henry. Give him. It doesn't have to be Keenan Allen. Give <laughs> uh, him one guy.
0: After the game, there was a lot made of Bill Belichick having a conversation with Hunter Henry in the middle of the field, and everyone's like, "Well, there goes that future Patriot, mm-hmm. Hunter Henry," which actually makes a lot of sense, and I could totally see that. Perfect. Um, but Justin Herbert, uh, he this was his worst game. By the way, a couple interceptions, no touchdown passes in this game. He only had an 8.8 QBR. Uh, 26 of 53. Threw it a bunch of times. Could only muster a couple hundred yards, couple picks. Uh, not his best day in the NFL.
1: No, and he's had two bad ones. And the other one was against Miami, that plays the exact same Patriot defense. Mm-hmm. And you know, Bill sat back and watched that game and said, "Thanks, right, prodigy, cool. for writing the <laughs> blueprint for me. I'll just fill fill it directly." And you know, you could just see this one coming. I mean, the, the, the blueprint was already out there. And Herbert will get it right, but probably hopefully with a new coach to get him, you know, back on track for this style of defense.
0: Let's make some quick picks here because we're out of time. Two Monday nighters. The first one: Washington at four and seven, trying to tie the Giants for top of the NFC East with the eleven and O Steelers still trying to do their thing and roll through an undefeated season. Pittsburgh favored by six and a half here. Two p.m. Pacific, five p.m. Eastern time. Start. What do you think? Steelers minus six and a half.
1: Uh, I probably would take Washington. I think Washington's playing well, and I think the Steelers win it. But and frankly, the Steelers were embarrassed. I haven't seen this organization or Tomlin this embarrassed, especially after a win with how they played Baltimore. So they're going to come out pretty wound up, to be very honest with you. But they're playing on five days rest, and Washington's playing on like a week and a half rest. I think that's a nice, you know, feather in the in the football team's cap. I think they keep it close.
0: I'm going to go the other way. I, I think this is a situation where Washington can look good against some teams that aren't in the upper echelon of the NFL, but mm-hmm. when they play a really good team like the Steelers, I expect the Steelers to, and you mentioned maybe a little extra, uh, not happy yeah. with how they played. I'm not even worried about the time off stuff. Uh, I think the Steelers are going to handle business and win this one by a touchdown. So I'll go
1: Pittsburgh. It wouldn't shock me.
0: And the night game, this is the 8-3 and three Buffalo Bills trying to hold on to first place in the AFC East against the 5-6 49ers who are trying to salvage a playoff season, getting healthy at the right time to make a run. The line has gone crazy on this. It was Bills favored by, I think, 2.5 or 3 points to start the week. It went all the way to even, and now today it is the 49ers favored by 1, which surprises me. I think they had it right. Bills by 2.5 or 3 is is where this line should be. So uh, my money is definitely on the Bills if the Niners are going to be favored here because they're still undermanned, specifically at the quarterback position.
1: Yeah, you're closer to it than I was, but man, I, I really liked Niners plus points and put a couple ducats on that because you're right about the, everything you said is hundred percent right, of course, but I just don't think this is a good stylistic match for Buffalo in that I think their run defense is really poor. Mm -hmm. No John Brown, you know, that there'll be a lot less three and especially four receiver sets that really stretch that secondary thin I think the Niners went a close one and I think it's a pickup game to me.
0: I would have had no problem putting money on the 49ers getting points if they were getting mm-hmm. a field goal in this one. Cause I think it's going to be close. However yeah, it goes, yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna be a close game. I think you nailed it. The bills tackling 49ers, uh, Receivers in the short passing game and Raheem Mostert, who made a, a his, gives the 49ers an obvious spark. And last week, even though he didn't have big numbers, I think that's a huge deal for San Francisco. And on the other side, it's third downs. I think the 49ers will be able to stop the Bills run game. They don't do great against mobile quarterbacks. So can they corral hmm. Josh Allen on third downs? That's the key there. So it's can they tackle 49ers on defense? Can the 49ers defense corral Josh Allen when they get those third Uh, those third down and distance situations, the longer down and distances I think the Bills will be in a lot. Can Allen make those big plays with his legs and his arm? That's where this game will be won or lost. uh, In this one, though, I'll, I'll take the points for the Bills.
1: Good one. And oh, by the way, this is not being played in San Francisco. Yes. And we have a game Tuesday, too. So just to make the the world weirder.
0: um. (laughs) (laughs) We still have a game Tuesday. The Bills and 49ers are playing in Arizona, just as we all expected. What a wild 2020 season and a crazy week so far. And I'm sure there's going to be some nutty stuff that we get to talk about tomorrow with these Monday night football games. We'll do it all again right here Tuesday. Peacock and Williamson.